0: Hey everybody, I'm Ben Gromyko from InterNACHI. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And we do webinars. Um, We do some webinars with me talking about home inspections. Those are the boring ones. Uh, The good webinars that we do is when I have a special guest. And today I have a special guest, a very special guest, Mr. Carson, Alan Carson from Carson Dunlop. Uh, You've heard of Carson Dunlop. Uh, They have schools and training and curriculums and exams and textbooks. Amazing company and um, Alan is here. Uh, Alan from, Alan Carson from Carson Dunlop, right? So um, Alan is gonna talk about uh, home inspections and the mistakes that home inspectors make. Wait a minute, I don't make any mistakes, right Alan? Um, So um, get ready, get your pen and pencil out. Uh, And also this is a live interactive webinar so feel free to ask questions um, during the webinar, the, during the presentation. We'll hold the questions till afterwards and um, we'll open it up from, for some questions and answers and interactivity. We're also on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and if you are um, watching uh, this on YouTube and you missed out on the webinar, that's okay. So internet use webinars are at, ready? There's a dom- domain name or URL nachi.org, N-A-C-H-I iorg slash, that's near the question mark, um, webinar. So nachi.org slash webinar. And you can uh, register for a free online webinar and we record all the webinars and um, so you can watch them later. Alan, are you there? I sure am, Ben. Awesome. Hey, Alan, thank you very much for taking some of your very busy time. I know you have a ton of business going on. Um, business is going well in Canada and in Alberta and um so i really really appreciate um sharing your information with us and anytime you want to take over the deck uh, the the screen is all yours sir
1: all right very good thank you ben and uh thanks everybody for joining today appreciate the opportunity to uh, chat with you folks and uh yeah let's see if we can have a little fun with report writing something that uh, all of us have to do all of the time it's part of our working life so uh I'm gonna give you uh, some thoughts about report writing from my perspective, and I'm gonna give you a little warning at the outset. I may challenge some of your paradigms. I may get you to question what you're doing. Um, I don't care whether you agree with me or not, but what I would love you to do is think about what I'm talking about, and if you decide, no, I like the way I do it just fine, that's good, then you've thought about it, and you've made an informed decision but I probably will give you a couple of different uh, perspectives to think about, and I hope that's a good thing. All right, let's go ahead and get started. I'm gonna try and get through everything in under an hour so we can uh, have some fun talking about the questions and so on, but uh, let me get going here. So I'm gonna break it into three sections. I'm gonna give you a little bit of my philosophy about inspection and report writing. I'm gonna talk a little bit about sharpening your tools, and by that I mean getting your software set up to, uh, work really efficiently and really quickly for you. And then lastly, we'll talk about some report writing. We'll talk about some best practices, talk about some of what I think are worst practices, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Okay, so in terms of my philosophy, I have a very simple way of looking at report writing. For everything that's in your report, I would like it to answer this question how does this help my client? And I find so much that I review a ton of home inspection reports and I find a lot of stuff in there is general information, is inspectors covering their butt is technical jargon that doesn't really help the client because it's over their head and it's too complex. There are a number of things and we'll look at some of those today. And I'm going to encourage you to keep this one question in mind as you look at your reports and not a bad piece of homework. Take this question, look at your last couple of reports, go through them line by line and say, is this valuable to my client? Is this what they want from me? Is this helping the client? So interesting question. And in my mind, when we're talking about pre-purchase home inspections, and let's focus on those for today, What do people really want? They really want help making a big decision. This is one of the biggest financial and lifestyle decisions people ever make, of course. They want you to help them make it. And quite frankly, they'd probably be happy if you at the end of the inspection just gave them a thumbs up, let's buy this house, or thumbs down, no, don't buy this house. Well, we're not gonna do that, but the closest we can come is to give them some simple, clear, relevant information so that they can make a really informed buying decision. That to me is the goal of a home inspection and why we get paid. I'm gonna say there's three elements to a report.
0: Hey, Alan, I don't mean to interrupt, but um, make sure uh, if you're sharing slides, uh, make sure you're sharing them actually.
1: Are they not 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 advancing?
0: I'm not sure if we can see them on our side.
1: Oh, they're advancing on my side that's weird why would that not be advancing sorry about that i didn't realize those were not because i'm moving them and i'm seeing them on my screen move is there something so, i should be doing different ben
0: so um make sure you share your screen again maybe click that button at the bottom corner and share your screen and choose
1: hang on a second
0: yeah
1: yep. why is that not coming back up weird. Hang on a sec.
0: There you go. Now, try audio. Mm, let's see. Unmute. Here we go. There you go. Now you're unmuted. I got right. you.
1: Right. The host had muted me. All right. So sorry <laughs> about Okay, let's uh, see if we can get back here to where we were. Okay, so let's carry on. So I was just talking about what clients really want and that is focused on helping them make a really important buying decision, simple, clear, relevant information. Okay, now when I click this, Ben, do you see a different screen? Are we advancing now?
0: Yes, we're good.
1: All right, good stuff. Technology, always your friend, except for when it's your enemy. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to suggest that in your reports, there are really three elements. I think clients deserve a summary. And I know some people are not totally in agreement with that, but I will tell you is we, we surveyed about 3,500 clients over. We've been around for 42 years. We've done a lot of client survey stuff. And I can tell you whether you like it or not, your clients really want a summary and they want it at the beginning of the inspection. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but I'm gonna tell you if you're not doing a summary, I don't think you're giving your clients exactly what they want. And I understand the liability arguments and the risk arguments against it. And I'm gonna tell you after 42 years and a few hundred thousand inspections, get over yourself, put a summary in. Then I'm going to tell you the next section of the report is the body of the report. And that's where you earn your money. That's the meat and potatoes. That's where you describe the condition of the house. Now I'm going to throw in one other thing. And that is I love the fact that home inspectors always want to help their clients in so many ways. The helpful part includes maintenance tips and good advice for helping people look after their home. I love that you do that but here's what I would really appreciate you doing. Take that stuff and get it out of the body of the report. Put it at the end because your clients get confused when you're talking about a critical issue about a worn out roof. And then you talk about cleaning the gutters. They don't have the ability to separate what's important from what's not. Remember, people buying a home are not generally at their best. They're emotional, they're anxious about whether they're doing the right thing, the husband loves the house, the wife's not so sure, or vice versa. So you've got all that stuff going on. I'd love you to keep it really simple for your client. If you find things in your reports that apply to any house that anybody would buy, you know what, put that in a separate section. Call it important advice for all homeowners or something. Put the meaty stuff, All together, where people can understand this is the condition of the house. This is what I've got to do. This is what I've got to fix, and don't clutter up your reports with stuff that confuses your client. They're frail, they're delicate. We got to take care of them. I'm going to tell you that to my way of thinking when you start to write your report. You've got three things you want to do you want to provide descriptions to meet the standards of your state regulations. You want to talk about any limitations that are site specific. And when I say site specific, I don't love reading reports that reiterate all the limitations from a standards of practice. It's cluttered to me. Your inspection agreement should talk about your standards of practice. If you want to include it in the report, I'm great with that but don't litter your report with all the limitations that are already covered off in the standards. I see that so much. People get burned. They get a complaint about something and they come back and they change the report writing format to make sure they never get another complaint about that. Well, the problem is that's a huge disservice to all your clients moving forward, because believe me in the limitations section, there is nothing of value for your client. That is all for you. That is all you covering your butt. I'm going to say, keep it minimal, site-specific. If you couldn't get into a bedroom because the seller said, don't go in that bedroom, absolutely put that in. But if you say, hey, we don't inspect uh, irrigation, sprinkler systems, whatever, then put that in your standards, put that in your agreement, and leave it out of your report. We have a tool called SpeedWrite in our Horizon software. I call description and limitations the necessary evil of reports. I call that the stuff you have to put in that doesn't really help your client. They don't really care about your descriptions. They don't even understand most of your descriptions. They don't understand GFCIs and AFCIs. Doesn't really matter. I'm gonna say get through that really quickly if you can in your reports. And our philosophy is to make that as quick and easy and as minimal as it can be because what i really like you to do is focus on the recommendations. What's the condition of the house? What matters to people? This is why they get a home inspection. Are they buying a lemon, or is the house in great shape? That's what they want. So the focus of the report should be clear, simple, and consistent. It should give people the information about what they need to do to stay warm, safe, and dry in that home. When I talk about being consistent, we've developed a system that we use in our software that makes it really easy and we call it the kilt method. And what I mean by that is I want every time you make a recommendation and I don't care what software you use. Every time you make a recommendation, I want you to name the component. What is it you're talking about? What's the condition? What's wrong with it? What's the issue? Give them the implication. Why does it matter? A cracked pane of glass versus a cracked heat exchanger, two pretty different implications. The location of the problem, where is it? The task, what should they do about it? You gotta tell them what they should do about it. Now, I don't want you writing a spec like some inspectors do. I just want you to give them some general guidance as to what to do next. And lastly, I want you to tell them when to do it. So, KILT, component, condition, implication, location, task, time every recommendation, every time. Okay, so it's dead simple. You could put it into a sentence and say, the asphalt shingle roof covering is worn out and will leak causing damage to the structure and contents. The house and garage roof should be replaced immediately. You can see from the little letters I've put in that covers off all of those. But to me, sentences are a lot of work. And I don't know a ton of home inspectors who are trained technical writers. So I like to keep it a little simpler. I am based on a lot of experience, customer surveys and experimentation, a big believer in bullet type reports with lots of headings and subheadings. Why? I wanna keep my reader anchored and oriented. I want them to know where they are and what they're reading about. As I said earlier, homeowners are generally an emotional wreck when they're buying a house. So I wanna make it easy for them. I want to say here, we're in the roofing section, we're going to talk about recommendations. I don't call them defects or deficiencies. We'll talk more about that later. I'm giving them a recommendation to improve their asphalt shingles because they've got some that are missing, torn or loose. And that means that we might have some water damage. And where is it? It's on the rear slope. They should replace those shingles immediately. Same thing as that sentence said, but this is a way easier read By the way people say well you end up with a lot of white space on the pages and i say absolutely that's great because you know what nobody wants to read a 500 word single space typed full page document anymore we don't read folks everybody wants to watch video watch tv read bullet point lists and move on communication has changed we got to make it quick and we got to make it easy Okay? It gets even better if you insert a photo to go with it to show them. That's pretty pal- That's pretty strong communication in very few characters. That's the goal of the exercise to me. Let me talk a little bit about sharpening your tools so that you end up using your software like a scalpel, not a machete. And what I find is most home inspectors don't take enough time to set up their software to give them exactly what they need. And so over the course of a whole inspection year, they're spending literally days of extra time writing reports instead of using the tool elegantly. One thing, our database, like a lot of other software in Horizon, we have thousands of defects that you might put in. But if you live in California, you're probably not gonna come across steam boilers. If you live in New England, you're probably not gonna come across evaporative coolers. Get rid of the stuff that doesn't apply in your area. Trim it, simplify it. There's a ton of baggage in there. Why carry all that baggage around on every inspection? You don't need it. So you can trim your database. You can customize your database. So if we talk about beams in our software and you talk about girders, just change it. It's easy. Like don't fuss it. You can preset All of those things we talked about, condition, implication, location, task, time, and for every single inspection, every single item, you can have that customized. So if you're talking about gutters and downspouts, and in your community, they have a government grant program for disconnecting the downspouts that the city will pay for. You can put that note in once, save it with your downspout recommendation, and move on. You never have to fuss it. You can just hit one click and you're done. Set that up for all of your commonly used defects. It'll save you a ton of time. Preset which items go to the summary. One of the things that if you use a summary in most software, you've got to remember to click a button to copy that item to make sure it also shows up in the summary. If you go through at the beginning, like if you find a furnace with a cracked heat exchanger, is that a big deal? You bet. That one's always going to go to the summary. Preset it so that it does it, and then you don't have to remember it. And then you are going to be so consistent, you're gonna write reports faster, and you're gonna produce better, more consistent reports for your client. Illustrations. We have about 1800 illustrations attached inside, and a lot of the software does now. Preset the illustration that works for you in your area. We've given you, in some cases, more than one illustration. Not all of them are gonna be apropos for your spot, Clean them up, get them right once and you're done. Use templates, one click to make a whole bunch of entries. You can build those things up. I won't get into detail because we don't have a lot of time today. I'm going to hit on a lot of things fairly quickly and high level, but that's part of the game. So yeah, you can build all of these tools that save you a ton of time in most of the software that's out there. We call our speed right. I touched on that before for descriptions and limitations. And in a nutshell, it gets rid of navigation. The world is moving to mobile and most home inspectors now are using phones or tablets to collect their data out in the field, write the reports out in the field. So when you use something like this, SpeedWrite is something you can use on your phone. It is your quality assurance check. So all of your required items that you wanna make sure you never forget are on this list. And the magic of this is you enter one, click it, and it automatically takes you to the next item. So you don't have to navigate or move around. And again, folks are moving in this direction, it saves you so much time, it makes sure you don't forget anything, and it also allows you to move really quickly without having to scroll or tap or navigate in any way, shape or form. Super simple, super quick. When you're looking for recommendations, there's two ways. There's what I call navigation, and there's what I call search. Search is what you do in a Google browser, right? You type in the letters that you want or the words that you want, and it takes you there. Navigation is going through screens and menus and trees and finding what you want. I'm here to say that this being 2020 and all, navigation is dead, long live search. So reporting software, you should just be moving on to search and stop scrolling through the stuff. I can never remember where are fireplaces? Are fireplaces under heating or are they under interior? Where are exhaust fans? Are they electrical? Are they? Inter- I don't know, but I don't care anymore because it's all in search. So if I've got clogged gutters, and by the way, using your phone, you can just tell it. You can just say clogged gutters into it. You can use the uh, voice recognition. Or you can type in, and you, can, you don't have to type in the words. You don't have to type them in in the right order. You just have to type in a few key letters. Like for clogged gutters, you can type in, c-l-o-g-u-t in our system you want to type about three letters so that it recognizes it it's so quick it allows you to enter add the photo and you're done speed up your life make your life simple cracked asphalt shingles you can see them on the screen you get the idea you can move so quickly with search that navigation truly does become irrelevant and so make your report writing easier so you can focus on doing a great job for your client. When you spend all your time hunting and pecking, it's a waste of time, it's frustrating, and you're not really adding any value for your client and you're making your days longer. Okay, let's move on and talk about some best practices. And here's where I might ruffle a couple of feathers with apologies.
0: I'll be doing for time, uh, we're okay. All right, you're doing um, great. You're
1: doing great. All right. Good Navigation
0: time. is dead. I love that. Navigation is dead. Long live search. <laughs> there you go.
1: Okay. Um, so I'm going to suggest most people are using phones or or tablets uh, because it's so effective. It's a data collection tool. It's a report writing tool, all in one, and uh, I love it. I'm going to tell people get rid of your camera. I'll tell you what, these these modern cell phones, the cameras in them are so darn good. The flashes are getting better. I'm pretty comfortable just using my phone as both my camera and my notepad. I'm gonna suggest to you, don't take notes anymore. Let your software take care of it for you. It takes a leap of faith, and I won't get into the details. I have a whole process around that, but I'm a big believer. Do uh, Do your normal inspection. Use your software tool. And what I like is, here's my philosophy at a high level. When you go through a house, I don't want you to keep stopping and writing down the description. I don't want you to stop and enter that the shingles were asphalt and that the gutters were aluminum. Forget all that for now. Go through the house inspecting and looking at everything. Look for the conditions, look for the issues, look for the defects. Make a note of those. If your software is any good, it's gonna allow you to search, find it, and enter that photo for that item so that it's already attached to it in the report. So we can get rid of this whole concept of taking the photos out of your camera, into your computer, out of your computer, into your software, and now you've got a big mess of a bunch of photos to figure out where they belong. That's all obsolete, folks. Search takes care of you. Good software puts the photo right where it belongs, right out of the gate. Now you can go in and add all your location task time. If you've got a client with you, I would suggest you don't do that. If you're on your own, by all means, finish the report as you go for each condition. But quite frankly, once you've got the condition in there and the photo, you can go back outside the inspection and enter in all the details and the notes later, send it to your client right after. So you can do it however you want i like to be looking my client in the eye when we're doing an inspection and have minimal screen time that's why i suggest this if you've got your client with you now i know a lot of you are not client with you all the time or client only at the end whatever you do you can uh, fit this but generally speaking quick simple and move on so when you get to the end of the inspection what have you done you've looked at everything in the house looking for defects now is when you can do that necessary evil. Remember I said descriptions and limitations are the necessary evil. Use your speed right to go through. I said, take no notes and people laugh at me. And I say, just try it. The nice thing about your required items or speed write tool is that it will pull the data out of your head. What was the roof material? What was the chimney? What were the gutters? What was the siding? All that stuff. What kind of heating system? What kind of uh, plumbing supply piping? What kind of drain waste and vent piping? Where was the the, uh, thermostat? All that stuff you have in there. And frankly, what most inspectors don't appreciate is how much of that is already in their head. So you go through at the end of the inspection, you can do all your description and limitations in like four or five minutes and be done. And if you get one, if you've forgotten one think, gosh, I can't remember. Let's say you make a note of the uh, BTU capacity of the water heater. Oh gosh, I can't remember what it was. Just walk over and have a look. You're still in the house, not a problem. There's no harm, no foul. And I'll tell you what, once you walk over to pick up the BTU rating of that water heater, you'll never forget to notice it again because you don't want to make that walk a second time. Okay, so it's easy. And it'll take you a while for you to believe me, but... If you do it this way, inspect, document the conditions as you go, and do the necessary evil at the end. I think you'll be faster, more efficient, and your reports will be terrific. Okay, uh, descriptions. We talked about this briefly. One other thing I wanted to head on. First of all, make them absolutely minimal. Only meet your standards or regulations. Don't go into a whole bunch of, you know what? people don't really care what the valley flashing material is because they don't know what a valley flashing is. You tell them all this stuff, it doesn't mean anything. It's good for you, doesn't help them. Remember what I said my premise was? How does this help my client? To tell them they've got a Galvaloon valley flashing is pretty much a waste of your time and theirs. Okay? In addition to that, be as generic as you can. I would rather you not say cedar roof. I would rather you say wood roof. Why? Because not all wood roofs are cedar. And if it's a pressure treated pine roof, you can end up in significant trouble. I refer to the supply piping as plastic rather than CPVC. Make it more generic. It doesn't mean anything to your client either way. Why get in trouble for being wrong? I can tell you some horror stories about home inspectors who have described a a roof as slate and I've got two specific cases in mind. In one case it was fiber cement and in the other case it was recycled rubber tires. I kid you not, these are real home inspection stories. I'm telling you be generic as you can. Asphalt shingle or comp shingle is fine, never mind the 30 year architectural nonsense. Again, doesn't help your client. And by the way, 30 years means 30 years, right? Except when we're talking about shingles. So why, why go there? So again, minimalist, keep it simple, do it right. In our software, we give people links so they can get more technical information if they want, but I'll tell you what, most people don't. Most people, this is, the, the description is just, just the noise to them. Here's what matters. What's wrong with my house? What do I need to do to fix it? So again, component condition, implication, location, task, time, illustration and photo are nice. I shortened this list to make room for illustration and photo because I think illustration and photos are so powerful. So on the right side, here's what that page of our report looks like. So it gives you the stuff up top we talked about, and then we get an illustration and a photo. So the person can look at what's in the house and look at how it should be. It's pretty simple. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. And that I think is powerful report writing. I would encourage you not to use symbols and icons, codes, legends, and glossaries. Why? Because with technology today, it's easy to explain the thing to the client as they're reading it. It's not like you have to type an extra paragraph anymore to explain it. You don't need a glossary. If you've got a term that needs explaining, explain it in your software and be done with it and leave it. You're not asking the client then to leave a page, go somewhere else and then come back as a reader. That's frustrating and that's a waste of their time. So get rid of all that stuff. You don't need to be using symbols. Just tell them what the heck it is you're talking about as you're talking about it. I know it's, I know it ain't fancy. I know it's dead simple, but it's what I believe. Okay, photos and illustrations. I'm gonna tell you absolutely, a picture is worth a thousand words. People say, how many should I put in a report? And here's where I might upset you. I'm gonna say 15 to 50 is probably great in most reports. I'm also gonna tell you, absolutely take pictures to cover your butt. But you know what? Absolutely, do not put them in the report. Why? Because how do they help your client? I'll show you a couple of examples. Okay, let's look at some general. So could you convey that in a paragraph if you were trying to write it out for somebody? Like the picture is perfect. And by the way, pictures never have typos or poor grammar or bad spelling. The picture speaks for itself, elegantly simple. Okay, here's a panel that Ben wired absolutely perfect. I mean, how do you you write that down? How do you communicate that? When you're trying to explain to somebody about how a downspout without a proper extension or bad grading can make the basement wet, the picture is worth a thousand words. And when you support that with an illustration like this that shows you, hey, if the downspout's too short, the water's going back into the uh, basement. People can understand this kind of stuff. It's simple. It's easy. Now here's one. We're in a garage. The garage is filled with junk. The real estate agent wanted to stage the house. So they told them to get all their ugly furniture out of the house. So they put it all in the garage. Kind of gets in the way of inspecting the garage. Absolutely. But you know what? By all means, take this photo. By all means, don't put it in your report you will have the photo. And again, any good software these days, horizon certainly does it. You take the photo, it stays on file without needing to be in the report. And when that happens, if you get a call nine months later, and the client says, i got a big crack in the garage floor you didn't tell me about. You can pull out that photo, flip it over to them and say, remember what the garage looked like when we were there. Remember we talked about that. And remember, I did put that limitation in the report. So you can have that little limited, you can click a button and say garage instructed by storage. You've clicked a button, you've got the message in there, the photo for the one in a thousand clients who's ever gonna complain, you can give them the photo when you need it. Why clutter up the report and distract? When the client looks at this photo and he's trying to decide whether to buy the house, he's going, what, what am I concerned? What's, what's the issue here? What am I, I can't see. It's confusing to the client. I'm big on keep it simple absolutely less is more. If you can communicate your message to the client in 10 pages instead of a hundred, I think your client's a winner. And I think you are too. Okay. What else do we got? Um, I would say what people say, what photos should I put in my report? Front of the house for your title page, for sure. Roof, attic crawl space to prove you were in them, or at least looked at the roof with a drone or a, uh, uh, Telescopic pole or whatever it is, whether you actually get up on the roof. Some home inspectors still do, I know. It's weird. Uh, you might know, want a photo with the uh, cover off the electrical panel, the cover off the furnace to either show an issue or to show at least that you did do that, went through it. I would say that for most recommendations, you want a photo, but I would be just as happy if you didn't put in a photo of a reverse polarity receptacle like, it's just not a big deal. And you know what? There's not a client that you have ever had who has understood what a reverse polarity, I can't even say it, reverse polarity receptacle really means to them. So you want to say minor electrical defect, get cleaned up by a qualified specialist or electric, whatever you say, move on. Should they not buy the house because it's got a reverse polarity receptacle? It just doesn't matter. And we'll get into If I had more time I'd give you my whole rant about what we're really trying to accomplish and how home inspection is being slowly degraded into a nitpicky maintenance type inspection instead of a high level professional consulting service designed to help people make the most important decision of their lifetime. We're hunting big game folks, we're not out here swatting flies. That's my philosophy. Okay, I would like you to use the phrase possible concealed damage I think it can be your best friend when you're looking at exterior siding where you can see some rot, you've got some stucco and you're seeing some uh, staining, you're seeing some cracking, you're seeing some bulging, you're looking in a shower stall and you're seeing some grout that's missing or you're seeing some tiles that are a bit spongy. Please remember not to report just what you see, please remember that you are a professional consultant who is using your experience, knowledge and powers of deductive reasoning to project what might be behind the walls, what might not be visible. So possible concealed damage, where it fits, is a magical phrase. It can keep you out of jail in a big way, and it's also really important. This is one of the time, I'm not wild about the recommendation further evaluation. But this is a case where I think it absolutely fits. Okay, I got some other fun things to talk about. Keeping an eye on the time, I think we're okay for a bit. Okay, I don't even think we need to talk about building codes, do we? You guys really don't talk about uh, building codes in your reports. If you talk about current building practice, I'm fine with that. However, I will say don't reference building codes, but I think your report should be consistent with codes Unless you specifically intend to disagree. And sometimes I do disagree with the codes intentionally, but I make that clear. That this is not common building practice, but this, in my opinion, is best practice. So if you want to make something that disagrees with the code, because at some point, some code person is going to read one of your reports and say that's not code. So I don't want you to reference it, but I want you to be consistent with it so you don't have to be constantly answering the phone with people who want to uh, go chapter and verse with you on your reports. By the way, um, everybody knows it's not one code, there are lots of codes. Everybody knows codes are updated every three to five years. There's no human being who can be knowledgeable about all codes, all versions. It just doesn't work that way. So if people are doing a code inspection, that's a whole different thing from a home inspection. Different skill set, different fee, different reporting. Code inspections are different, we don't do them. Perfect example. The balcony guardrail openings violate the building code. What does that mean to your client? Here's what it means to me if I'm a client, I better not have a building inspector come by. Is that the message we want to send? That's the message we're sending. How about saying something like uh, the guardrails have openings that might allow a child to fall through and it's a fall hazard and here's what you ought to do about it. Give them a picture, show them an illustration that talks about the, you don't need to go chapter. They're not going to remember when you say four inch maximum spacing between balusters or spindles or whatever word you use, by the way, no homeowner understands what a baluster is. So spindle is probably a better word, but keep it simple, but make them understand when you talk about the implications, the codes don't talk about implications, do they? This, is what you want to show people. Your child could fall through that opening in this railing and we're up on a balcony well above the ground. That's going to catch everybody's attention. That's what you want to do. It's important, but clients, if you just tell them it's a code violation, they'll say, keep the building inspector away. But if you say your child might fall through, they'll probably do something about it. Does That make sense? Hope so. Okay. I would say that we collectively have an obligation to communicate with our clients, not to intimidate them. But here are a group of a small sample of words we all use in our reports that mean absolutely nothing to our clients. When you talk about all these things and you don't explain them to your clients, are you giving them what they need? Are you helping them make an important decision? Are you showing off? Are you proving that you know more than they do? Are you being the technical wizard? Believe me, they already give you credit for being the technical wizard. That's why they hired you. You don't need to impress them with fancy jargon. In fact, you need to make them understand what you're talking about. Okay three things wrong with this. Uh, and by the way, if you think I'm making these sentences up, I'm not. These are coming out of actual real live home inspection reports that I'm reviewing. Some of the exterior plugs should be upgraded to have ground fault protection, which was mandated at time of construction. Great. First of all, they're not plugs. Plugs are attached to appliances and they actually go into receptacles. You can call them outlets if you like, but you can't call them plugs. They're not plugs, stop it. What is ground fault protection? Not How many lay people in the world have any understanding what ground fault protection is? I can tell you less than 1%. And why should I fix this problem? Because it was mandated at time of construction. What does that mean? Well, I hope nobody comes and figures out how old my house is and tells me what was uh, required back then. Do you see how it completely misses the point of good communication? This is pathetic. It's embarrassing. Okay. I'm going to tell you to avoid negative words in your reports. Your clients are scared enough to begin with. Don't make it worse. So problems, deficiencies, defects, adverse conditions, issues, and concerns. I would say better to use words like observation, recommendations, conditions, and findings, because from my perspective, Home inspectors are not in the problems business, we're in the solutions business. We're helping people get their house so that they can live in it comfortably and safely. We're not trying to scare the crap out of them. We're not trying to talk them out of buying the house. We don't know enough to tell them whether to buy the house or not. If it's the only house for sale and it's in an area where there's a special school that meets the needs of one of their children, that may be the only option that they have. The house may be overpriced and in bad repair but they may have to buy it anyway it's not our business to tell them whether to buy the house or not it's our business to help them make an informed decision full stop okay um i said don't use a lot of overly negative words on the opposite side of the coin don't use overly positive words satisfactory acceptable serviceable structurally sound functioning as intended, functioning as designed, those are some examples of words I don't think should ever appear in a home inspection report. Why? Because you don't know if it's satisfactory. I test the furnace today, is it gonna keep the family warm on the coldest day of the year? I have no idea. I run the shower, I do all the plumbing fixture operations, that's great. But you know what? Very few home inspectors actually stand inside the shower when they operate the shower and have the water bounce off a human body to see where it goes down behind the escutcheon plates and the soap dishes and so on. You don't know if it's satisfactory or not. Shut up about it. Leave it alone. Okay, don't make it personal. If the thing is awful, it's awful. But words like amateurish sloppy and homeowner repair Those are insulting. Those are opinions. The seller's going to read that and they're going to say, the guy's calling me names. You don't want to be calling people names. That's unprofessional. You want to say just the facts, ma'am. It's loose, uneven, poorly secured, out of plumb, broken, inoperative, whatever it is. Describe the thing, not the workmanship. Okay. Couple of too many words visible evidence of rodent activity was observed in the attic area? Well, first of all, the evidence had to be visible or you wouldn't be reporting it. Get that word out of your report. Attic area, it's either the attic or it's not. There's no such thing as an attic area, unless you guys have way cooler houses than we do. Pier and beam foundation appear to have deficiencies that are beyond normal. Well, first of all, if you can't tell whether a pier and a beam system have deficiencies or not, you need to find a different career. And secondly, Paranormal deficiencies are really scary. What do you mean beyond normal? It's either something that needs corrective action or it doesn't. Make the call and move on. Roofing material was observed to have impact damage. The damage may have been caused by a hailstorm and should be further evaluated. Too many words, plus, never mind the cause, the roof is damaged and needs to be replaced. You know what? Telling somebody when you've got severe hail damage to a roof, How is a roofer going to provide an informed further evaluation? The roofing shingles need to be replaced, full stop. Tell them roof's damaged, needs to be replaced, move on. Further evaluation is a waste of their time and money and the cause doesn't really matter. The roof's gone. There are water leaks in the crawl space that need to be corrected. There are severely damaged joists in the Northwest crawl space. So let me see if I understand that we've got to fix the water leaks, but the severely damaged joists are okay. This is the problem we get into when we don't use condition, component, implication, location, task, and time, when your software doesn't drive you to be consistent. When you start to write paragraphs in an ad hoc basis, you're not picking up everything and you're not being consistent. These two consecutive sentences, one contains a corrective action and the other one does not. That is horrible. That is not helping your client. Okay. What do we got left here? Just a summary. So I've talked to you a little bit about my wacko philosophy. I've talked to you about getting your stuff set up right. And then I've insulted you about all the things that I think are wrong with most of the reports that I read. So apologize for all of that. Um, To sum things up, I want you to look at your reports and make sure that every word in your report provides value to your client, that it helps them, that your communication is clear and simple and for nine and a half out of ten inspection reports that I read, I wish they would say less. Less is more. All right, I am done. Ben, thank
0: you. Helen, <laughs> that was that was uh, one of the most entertaining webinars we've had in a while. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, uh, I really like uh, like you know I've I'm, I've taken notes you know. So I really like um, a lot of things that you said, especially how your software should be driving you to be consistent. And the CCILTT format, it would be really helpful if uh, inspectors would use software that guides them to be more consistent. I always said that, you know, using a mobile device also makes you smarter because you can have your notes with you. If you forget what the requirements of a TPR valve on a hot water tank are, uh, according to code or best best practices or standards, you can look really smart, and it reduces your mistakes. So I really appreciate that. And it looks like um, you know the the software that you're mentioning is Horizon Inspection Software. Where where do people go to get that Horizon Inspection Software?
1: They can go to Horizon is a Carson Dunlop product. So I should just say very quickly, Carson Dunlop. We're a home inspection company. We have a commercial inspection company. We educate home inspectors, as Ben said, and we also have a report writing software for home inspectors. So I tell people Carson Dunlop is like a table with four legs, home inspection, commercial, education, and software. So Horizon software, that's on our website.
0: And Horizon software, you can use it for residential and commercial? Yep. Yep. Uh, Lewis asks, if serviceable is not proper, then what do you say? I never, I hated that word serviceable especially if it's serviceable or not serviceable, I don't even know the difference between the two.
1: You know what, that's such a great question. And there's a lot of places that actually build that into their systems and I won't go into any detail, but you know what? I am gonna say, here's my high level philosophy on words like serviceable. If you're inspecting something and it's not broken or you don't notice any defects, don't say anything about it. No, I, to me, and, and I've heard people say, well, I have to check off a box for everything I inspect so that the client knows that I inspected it mm. In the first place. They don't know you inspected it. All they know is you checked off all the boxes that might've been when you got back into your truck after the inspection, it's no proof of competence. It's no proof of being thorough. So our clients for 42 years, hundreds of thousands of them have never seen us go check. We check this, we check that. And it was serviceable. If you want to say something, you can say, no defects were observed, no deficiencies noted, something like that. But you know what? Better advice? Don't say anything. Yeah. If it's fine, just make your report what they call an exception-based report. Mm-hmm. Everything is fine, except for the stuff I've written down here. I yeah. hope that's a, an adequate answer for that.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, what do you? Uh, I think I know the answer to this. What do you think of uh, pictures with arrows and circles and text on the pictures themselves. This, the home inspector is spending time drawing arrows and circles and writing text on top of a picture.
1: Let's take a deep breath. <laughs> um, uh, how do I answer? I get it. And, and again, I, I go back to a comment I made during my, uh, my earlier comments. Home inspectors have a passion about being helpful to their clients we really try so hard to give them everything we can. And it's a noble thing to do. I think the arrows, circles, squares, annotated notes and so on are somewhat overdone, shall I say.
0: Hmm.
1: One thing I do like is if I say macro, micro, does that make any sense to you? So Hmm. if I have got a problem with a burner on a furnace, What I might do is take a photo of the furnace so the client knows what I'm talking about. And then I might take a close up photo of the rust on the burner. And then I might put those photos side by side in my report so the client can in effect see exactly what we're talking about in the context you're talking about. It's quicker for the home inspector than using the arrows, circles, notes and stuff. And quite frankly, People ask me how long should it take up to write a home inspection report? I say if you're taking more than an hour to write up a typical clean home, home you're probably spending more time fussing than you need to be. Hmm. And that's one of the time wasters for me, is people adding all kinds of creative edits to photos. Ben, what would your answer have been to that question?
0: Yeah, I hate uh, the extra picture, uh, extra. If, if a photo is worth a thousand words, what are you, what are you gonna add with an arrow? So I teach, uh, like, like you just mentioned, you take a picture of the system and then you move in closer and take a picture of the component, especially if it, it has the, the issue uh, that, you're, that you want your client to know about. Um, someone is asking about videos. Let's see, Omar, what are your thoughts on using videos to explain an issue?
1: Oh, another deep breath. Um, <laughs> here's the sad reality. Most of our clients don't read our reports. Hmm. I know that comes as a shock to you, but it's true. It's why hmm. I believe in summaries, by the way, and why we have in our summary a little warning that says, uh, please don't take this as the full report. Don't rely on it to make any decisions. You have to read the whole report, but still people want to right. I don't think people are inclined to watch videos of this And frankly, most of the stuff that's wrong with a house is pretty flippin' visible with a still photo. Like, if I tell my wife that the tap is dripping in the powder room, she doesn't need to see a video to believe that the tap is dripping. Come on.
0: Why not? (laughs) So we can time the taps.
1: the phrase bells and whistles comes to mind for me. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste my client's time. I think I made that pretty clear in my comments. And I know I'm out of step with some people when I say video doesn't really help.
0: I, I, um, I enjoy taking video of the areas that my client uh, didn't see. So if my client was absent, I really liked the videos, and I always did a a, like thirty seconds of the roof because I never wanted my client to get up on the roof. So you know, I wanted them to see uh, those things. So I think video in some cases could be useful, but I understand what you're saying. Um, Let's see, Uh, and I, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of roofers become home inspectors because their knees are hurting, and fingers and knuckles are, are hurting, and their backs. Um, and they tend to talk a lot about how the valley, you mentioned the valley flashing, how the valley is woven together, or it's a straight cut or a California cut. And it's just extra information that means nothing to your client. That was a really good point you made. Have you ever described a valley as woven or or we have California cuts? I'm not even sure what that is.
1: Close cut, we call it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think Ben that there's an important point in there as well in that when I talk about consistency and the way we built our software, I'm helping people be consistent in the level of depth they provide as well. And a lot of home inspectors come, you mentioned the roofer example, but I find I can often tell what the home inspector did in a previous life when I read his report because he's got three pages on electrical and almost nothing on anything else you have to be careful not to be super helpful just because you know more stuff because if you know more stuff about that that's great but it makes you look a little weird when you don't provide the same level of detail on the plumbing so i would say consistent depth and if you know more that's great but you don't need to use all your ammunition all the time
0: yep you made a great point that you know Home inspectors are uh, professionals, and that you know we have to regard ourselves as, as such, and we're not just nitpicky home maintenance listers, uh, a bullet point of little things to pay attention to, uh, regardless of whether they're important or not. That was a great point that you made. Alan, I wanna thank you so much, uh, and thanks everybody for attending. Um, any last words, Alan, before you leave us?
1: Just a, a thank you, be safe, happy inspecting, and Ben, thanks for the opportunity to chat uh, to with your folks, appreciate it.
0: It was really great. Thanks, Alan Carson. Thank you everybody for watching. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. All right, see you next time. Thanks, Alan, bye. Please, bye now.